and welcome to the Evans for Seven campaign podcast. My name is Jordan Evans, and I'm running for the Wyoming State Legislature in House District 7. Throughout the campaign, this podcast will feature people from in and around the district with interesting perspectives that would like to have a conversation with me. This episode was recorded at Blue Raven Brewery in Cheyenne, where I recently held an event to meet with supporters and other voters. I was pleasantly surprised by how open and willing people were to have conversations with me on the spot. Here's some of what was on people's minds. I'm Mark Mercer, and I've lived in Cheyenne my whole life. Wonderful. Me too. Born and raised. Yeah. Congratulations. Two natives. Two natives. There's not a lot of us uh, that hang around, so that's always good to find. So, Well, what's on your mind, Mark? So my question for you would be, for myself as a constituent of, of the legislative process in the state, I, I've found that lately I feel disenfranchised. I feel like my representatives don't really represent me and that they represent their own self-interests. And my concern is I want someone who's going to represent us that um, balances their own self-interests with that of their constituents. And how are you going to do that? How are you, what, how are you going to balance your um, opinions and your beliefs with that of your constituents? Yeah, that's a really great question. And it's actually at the heart of a lot of what I talk about because what I, when I go door knocking, people ask me, are you a Democrat or a Republican? And they're already making an assumption about everything that I believe when they hear that I'm a Democrat. But really, it's um, people are more diverse than one party or another. People have diverse thoughts. They have varied opinions about things. Um, so the first step is having those conversations. And then be having an open mind and realizing that most of the work of the Wyoming legislature is not ideological. No matter how much we want to force a particular issue into an ideological box to make that decision simple, there aren't any simple issues. And we need to be prepared to address that and acknowledge that. Because if we can acknowledge that there are no simple issues and that there's nuance in every single thing that the legislature is going to be considering, then we can start to make smart amendments to things that we might knee-jerk say, ah, I don't know, that's not something I can support. You can make amendments to change it into something you could support. You can have those conversations with the people that you represent, with the people that come to you. If you disagree with someone who comes to you, find them a representative who agrees with them so that their ideas can be heard by someone who will champion them. Don't just write people off if they disagree with you and be open to talking. That is going to be my strategy. So to summarize, keeping an open mind. Uh, recognizing that there are no simple issues and that everything requires a thoughtful and constructive um, consideration before being voted on. And that is how I would address that. Uh, my name is Jerry Wilhelm. Um, I do not live in House District 7. Get out. No, I just kidding. You're fine. <laughs> I'm about, let's see. Oh, this doesn't even have... This is, uh, this is Yellowstone. Maybe I am just barely. Because no, that's north of town, huh? No, this is Western Hills. And then. Well, yeah, you... I meant north for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I live off of Missing Drive. Oh, yeah, yep, so, yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, just, you're like right you're where you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay. The entire city matters, right? No it does. What well, and the whole I state matters, in, so. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, man, I guess, I guess my first question is. 
just because I don't know um, what what kind of things uh, do you actually I guess I don't know if this is the right word but what type of things do you like have control of as far as a house district was it commissioner is that so no I'm running for state house so the for state, state the state oh, legislature okay. yep okay. Okay. so uh, I would have rollover I would have a vote in passing law through the lower chamber Okay. Um, so any law that could or could not pass would be that. Um, whether or not that's upheld by the governor and the Supreme Court is up to them. But right, right. Uh, that is that is what I would be voting on, would be um, codifying laws. Okay. So I guess my question then would be, are you more concerned with, quote-unquote, getting rid of your opponents in the state legislature or actually working for the people to, you know, pass what what they are wanting passed. Well, my... lately in, pol- in politics at all levels, you know, a lot of politicians seem more concerned with mudslinging than they do actually doing their job. You should read my platform, Jerry, because yeah. I call that out directly. <laughs> so, Excellent. Excellent. Um, you know, my, my platform boiled down is building a future because I want to focus on getting people who are... Uh, I want to focus on keeping people here. Like, how many people that we went to high school with are still here that you know, really? Like you and me. Yeah, like a few people, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I want to do focusing was... on, on what works. Right. And, like, working for consensus and doing things like that. And then I want to earn people's trust. And I think you do that by being kind and being open-minded. So even though I am running as a Democrat, I want to keep an open mind. I don't want to take legislation and just try to fit it into an ideological box to decide yes or no. I want to think about how much good or how much effect it could have on a person. So, okay. there you go. That's cool. my question. Well, thanks, Jerry. Dig it. Yeah. Thanks for coming. All right, go ahead and say your name for the microphone and where you're from. So, I'm Christina. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Welcome. Just passing through. But, uh, as a Democratic state and as a Democrat, what is your stance on the whole Roe v. Wade upheaval, birth control, all of that? Sure. So in Wyoming, it's a very red state, okay. uh, and we are uh, very conservative, but it's tended in the past to be a, a libertarian brand of conservatism. So the way we do have a trigger ban that has gone into effect, and uh, there are people talking about removing the exemptions that are in there for rape and incest, as well as the health of the mother. Um, so it is a very pertinent state issue right now. Um, so I think I that like that's everywhere. Tr- <laughs> it is absolutely. People are either um, reaffirming one way or on one side or the other. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so the way I'm trying to approach it for people who maybe come at a disagreement for me here is uh, because privacy and religious liberty are so important to voters here, I'm trying to frame it around that. It's a religious liberty issue and it's a privacy issue. And, um, you know, Jewish people believe life begins at the first breath. LDS people believe life begins at conception. Um, if we make a determination one way or another, then we're, um, I think then we're wanting into, yeah, into uh, picking one religion over the other. So that's that's how I'm trying to approach it here. But I personally am pro-choice, and I personally uh, believe that the government has no business um, putting legal considerations into an already difficult decision. Heard. My name is Tony Lewis. Welcome. Thank you. Awesome. And do you live in House District 7? I do. Yes! <laughs> well, uh, what, what's on your mind today? Well, I was uh, reading uh, your platform and you talked about schools. Yeah. I, uh, I think schools get a lot of attention as publicly funded institutions. What about hospitals? 
Boy. Yeah. So this goes right at both schools and hospitals focus on livable communities, which is what I care the most about uh, and am most passionate about, is creating livable communities. Because when we talk about how keeping young people here, um, something I bring up a lot is that in the League of Women Voters Forum, my the incumbent in our district, Bob Nicholas, he said the way to keep people here is to have uh, a livable wage or a living wage and low taxes. But if you live in Rollins, Wyoming, where there is no maternity ward left in the hospital and there is no water coming through your tap, but you make a living wage and you pay low taxes, do you still want to live in Rollins, Wyoming? Um, healthcare is so beset in Wyoming on so many sides. We, we could start by expanding Medicaid, which would take some pressure off of providers. It would not solve the problem of funding for hospitals, but it would take a lot of the pressure of having to treat people who are coming in uh, who are uninsured and then them having to flip all the cost and bill with that. That would relieve, that would be one way to support local hospitals. But funding county hospitals and, and publicly funded hospitals, um, it's part of making sure that our our communities are a place that we want to live that are safe and where young families want to stay because you can make all the money in the world but if you can't go to the hospital uh, in Pinedale or in Rollins or in any of these small towns that have a clinic that's maybe even just part-time um, yeah then you're uh, then you're not gonna want to stay there so not only is it the kind humane thing to do to make sure that there's medical care available for everybody in the community it's also going to help us uh, keep people here um, in a state where people are are leaving pretty rapidly. So the fact that you know 90 percent or more of Wyoming's hospitals are public institutions are formed by joint powers boards or hospital districts. Um, do you think the state has a particular obligation to help? those institutions by making sure they get the best Medicaid rates and the, and the best Medicare rates? I mean, I do think that, uh, I'm not sure if that falls to the state health or if that falls on the local hospital to negotiate that, but if a hospital is having a hard time negotiating those rates, then the state should be a resource to help them do that. The state should not just say, you're on your own, um, but they also shouldn't be prescriptive for places like I'm guessing Cheyenne and Casper, that have less trouble finding people who are knowledgeable to negotiate those rates. Um, we don't need the state necessarily stepping in and being super prescriptive about how that process goes, but they could be like a resource um, for some of the smaller communities that are having a hard time hiring people who speak that language um, and provide through the, the state health department um, the, ways, the ways to negotiate that. But it's not an issue that I have a lot of knowledge on. So I'd have to educate myself a little bit more before well, making a final decision. I like the track. I think, you know, if you're going to be a community, you need a school, you need a hospital, you need to have access to, you know, things that that, that, that benefit your quality of life. Yeah. Um, what other things besides schools and hospitals do you see, um, I don't know, that the state could have an impact on? So... Help me. I would like to see more money going straight to local uh, governments, counties and municipalities, because I think that they are the closest uh, to the government and they know how to spend that money in a way that their citizens want. The citizens have a way to be able to react, 
act and, and interact with them uh, through city council meetings. Like they're in their town, they're their neighbors, um, county commission meetings. That is one thing that I would like to see because I think that investing locally and allowing local people to spend that money without a lot of uh, rules on how to do it is going to result in a lot of great investment in those communities. Um, and then I would also like to see the state look at expanding uh, our revenues um, and focusing less on cutting state services. Um, that's a tough nut to crack and I don't have a panacea. My go-to low-hanging fruit is to um, expand tourism. And it, it, when you travel around to all the states that neighbor us that are tourist-focused, that have tourism as their first or second industry, just like it's our second industry right now, they seem much more developed and much more able to handle the tourism that comes through there. We seem like we're almost trying to push tourists away uh, some of the time, outside of the northwestern part of the state or here in Cheyenne for the next 10 days. Uh, we, we seem almost like we're resistant to bringing people in. So, Just changing... Uh, Changing topics a little bit. Yeah. The University of Wyoming trustees this week are uh, in Pinedale. Yeah. And they're talking about um, the future of the university. Yeah. And they're talking about what some of the priorities ought to be and what some of the program priorities ought to be and what some of the cultural priorities ought to be. They're talking a lot about. Um, overcoming the division and the conflict that has started to creep into the university. Yeah. And we know what we're talking about. We're talking right. about cultural wars and, right. and intolerance. Um, is there a way that the legislature could um, do the same thing? Is there an opportunity for them to do anything? Uh, this is interesting. I've had this conversation a couple other times. I. Yeah, how, so your question is, could the legislature talk about um, how the legislature handles the university and, and academic freedom, or um, like more how the, how the legislature could talk about um, bringing more diversity of thought into it? I guess, given that it's such a big problem right now, uh, intolerance and um, kind of cultural isolation, mm -hmm. uh, that even the university is talking about it. Yeah. Uh, how, how big of a problem do you see that for the larger state and politics in the legislature? Well, I would say that the reason <laughs> the legislature is, I'm not sure about that, because the reason the university is talking about it is because they tried to defund their gender studies program. That's why it was such a big topic today, uh, or I guess yesterday. Um, and I think that Trustee True put it really well when he was saying that, you know, it's tough because the university is a land-grant university and a liberal arts college. It's, it kind of wears both hats. Um, in the legislature itself, I think the only way we're going to do that is to be kind to one another. And I'm determined to do that if I'm elected. Even if there's someone who I disagree with about everything, I want to be kind and give their ideas a fair chance. I want to approach them and educate them on other perspectives in a way that's relatable. Um, I'm not sure I'll be successful if I try to do that, um, but I want to not, I want to do no harm. I want to make it not, I want to not make it worse. I want to bring kindness and understanding to everyone there and hope that that spreads to, to my colleagues. That's a great answer. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. My name is Steve Ochter. 
And uh, and what's your question? Well, you know, young guys like you, I'm really excited to see running for state office. I assume you are a millennial. I am a millennial, yeah. And, you know, you get such a bad rap as millennials these days. So I'm proud of you, Jordan. Well, thank you, Steve. This. I appreciate that. So I'll ask the question that everybody else has asked. Okay. That is, why are you running, and what do you think qualifies you to be the representative for your district? Well, I am running because my daughter turns uh, 18 in 10 years, and I would like her to take a look at Wyoming and see it as a place where she could stay and want to live and thrive. And I don't think right now a lot of people that are turning that age are making that choice and re recognizing that in Wyoming. And that makes me sad. And I think what qualifies me is the fact that I'm willing to go out and talk to people uh, throughout the district and listen to them and uh, take those conversations with me. And that I'm going to be constructive and thoughtful in that process. Because um, right now I, I'm not trying to sell an ideology or convince people that I'm the same as them. But I am trying to uh, show people that um, that I'm thoughtful and will take every issue on its own merits. There you go. Thanks for that answer. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks to everybody who came out to that wonderful event, and especially thanks to those who spoke with me for this podcast. Thanks also to those of you who have listened in. This has been the Evans for Seven campaign podcast. Today's episode was edited and produced by Anna Rader. If you would like to interview me for a future episode, please reach out via the website at evansforseven.com. This podcast was paid for and produced by the Committee to Elect Jordan Evans.